Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to The Less Stressed Life, all about making this your time to feel freaking awesome about your life, health, and happiness. This podcast of The Less Stressed Life is hosted by Krista Bigler. Krista is an integrative registered dietitian nutritionist who specializes in reducing food-related stress, inflammation, and symptoms of food sensitivities. She brings over a decade of nutrition expertise and playing with her food to the table. From coaching, teaching, writing, and work Working within a major food company to behind the scenes for a health celebrity. To learn more, visit lessstresslife.com. All right, welcome back. So today on the Less Stress Life, we have Judith Judes Sharman. I can't say her last name. She's going to have to clarify it for us. She is the owner of Food with Judes and Foods with Judes. I know that. Foods with Judes and Lean Body Smart Life. She's been a registered dietitian for over 30 years who cares deeply about the taste of food. Judith provides the newest scientific information in a nutshell. She really she gets to the to the bottom of it and shows concrete, simple and savory solutions to help people Uh, busy people and their families live healthier. She empowers many through her workshops, seminars, speaking engagements, and she's the author of a new book, Lean Body, Smart Life, The 12 Fixed Plan to a Leaner, Healthier, Happier Life. And she's a former instructor at the Nutrition and Healthy Cooking at a, in an, at uh, another name I can't say, International Culinary Arts and Science Institute. <laughs> so I'll let her tell us all about that in just a moment. Welcome, Judes. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes. So you've got lots of different experiences here. You were uh, you were an instructor at a culinary institute. That's a really interesting thing. So I can't wait to talk about that here in just a second. But can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do now and how you best help people? Well, I do a lot of speaking engagements and work with clients, particularly VIP corporate uh, C-level clients. And I love it. I have such a passion for helping people know what to eat and how to to live those small little habits. They just add up. Yeah. And identify those because we have a hard time figuring out exactly what those are, the ones that really make a difference. So that's what I do. I love doing it. And especially working with some of these CEOs. It's been fun just because I live a pretty crazy life where I do a lot of traveling. And so I really get it. And that's, that's been really fun and gratifying as well. 
Awesome. So it's always an honor to have another a fellow registered dietitian on the podcast. And I know you have a lot of different experiences to share in your own uh, just kind of perspective on things. But I was curious, I know your assistant had messaged me and let me know that for a long time, you were a grocery store dietitian, which is probably where you picked up on a lot of nuances and uh, kind of people's idiosyncrasies, so to speak, you know, and how people handle food. Is that would you say that that's correct? Oh, yes, that was that was fun. That was earlier in my career. And uh, before grocery stores had dietitians. So it was just starting and I would do these grocery store tours for people. And it was just, it was fun to do, but it was also really helpful for people. And, you know, they didn't have the nutrition information that they do now. Um, so it was especially helpful to do it in the grocery store. Now there's so much nutrition information, too much. People don't know what to do with all the information. So it's also helpful now to know what product, you know, to buy or what to do with it. Yeah, we definitely live in a world of information overload, overload for sure. So, you know, we're in a new year now that it's the new year. And I know you have a little bit, you have quite a bit of experience in different areas before we land on this call. I mean, your bio said you've been a dietitian for 30 years, which is amazing. And I just anytime I get to talk to someone with um, that's had experience in multiple fields, it's fun to ask them about what these experiences have taught you, you know, so you've worked in, like you just said, it was before that there was so much overwhelm of nutrition in the grocery stores before (laughs) grocery stores had dietitians all the time. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the things you've learned in this time about how our food habits have shifted, how the food industry has shifted, how consumer behavior around food purchases have shifted, things like that? Well, no matter what, there's one thing that hasn't changed. And that is people never know exactly what to eat. I mean, the bottom line is we really need to know what to eat. And despite, you know, the information that's out there, it's con- it's either confusing or there's too much or it's taken out of context. And so it's really, really overwhelming. And that's been true for all the years I've been a dietitian. So in the end, that piece is the consistent piece. And that is really what I do is I help people know what to eat. You know, I've sifted through all of the information. I, I care so much about the science and, but at the same time, I'm very open-minded. So it's really fun for me to help people go, Oh, this is what really can make a difference. And for you, this will really help and then have them, you know, try it and go, okay, (laughs) I get it. This this can help. And they wouldn't have necessarily known that particularly. Yeah. So so some things haven't changed, right? So some people, you know, people are still confused about food. But would you say that as you watched the food industry change or as you've watched people, um, you know, the way we purchase and, and get things, does it seem that there's been any shifts there where people back when you were a supermarket dietitian, did you feel like people were cooking more from scratch? Were they buying different things? Are there more, do people lean toward buying certain things labeled a certain way now in your experience? Yeah, I, I, it's the labels that really seem to have directed people through the years, especially in a time when they weren't Googling things. Um, but those labels were even more directing or I should say misdirecting, you know, and and when I first started out, when I was, it's been, it's been many years since I 
did these uh, these supermarket tours, but you know it was the it was the low fat no fat era, you know, which mm-hmm. was completely misguided in the first place. Mm-hmm. But because um, you know the science is so much better now, the research is so much better now, and um, but that's I think the labels are huge and really can misdirect someone and be easily taken out of context. And that was true then. And, um, particularly then, and, and now as well, you know, now what we see and is that the manufacturers are taking out if, you know, pieces of other foods, for instance, they want to get something high protein. So, you know, that's the, that's the big thing now is trying to get enough protein. So they're taking parts of protein from other, you know, the protein out of other foods. But what we know now is that, that a whole food has thousands and thousands of nutrients. Some of we don't even know what they're called, but they work synergistically together to really make a difference to our health. And we've lost, we lost that for many, many years. And really the research is showing, yeah, let's, let's get back to whole foods because there's so many entities that are so positive for our health instead of chasing one nutrient or taking parts of a food out of the whole food and putting it into a food that has a label so we can make the fiber higher or the protein higher we want we want to have that food in its whole form you know and so that those all those thousands of nutrients can work together in a way that can actually be much more beneficial I echo that a lot. You really can't perfect something that was already perfect with nature, right? Absolutely. And the research is just overwhelmingly showing that that is truly the case. Absolutely. So that's exciting. But you know, it's funny, throughout the years of the industry, when it really comes down to it, is they're just looking at the trends and trying to you know, make products that fit those trends, whereas whole food Whole foods actually are a much better way to satisfy that trend and and help our health at the same time. And do you think, on that note, that whole foods are becoming trendy? They are, and that's a good trend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, you know whether you you feel like it needs to be raw or that it you know it's okay that it's cooked. In the end, what really matters is that we eat foods in its you know, purest form is, you know, as much as possible, um, and keep the nutrients together so that they can work together. And I think that is a trend, but I think that's a good trend. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that trend. Yeah, that's a great trend. I echo, I, I, I empathize or I, I feel similarly as you do to several things that you said. Um, you know, that whole low fat era was pretty unfounded on science. I'm actually really more in the industry of kind of the high fat, low carb camp for some people, depending on their situation. And so it's funny, honestly, uh, how things just complete, completely 180. And as you know, the most aggravating thing is when you're on top of research, and you're being progressive, and you um, sometimes some of the recommendations fall on deaf ears, because a lot of, you know, what's what happens in doctor's offices and in it takes about 15 years before current research becomes really mainstream, right? At least to be transferred over to HealthWise. I don't know if you've heard that statistic before, but uh, you know, I just have to keep reminding myself of that when when things when we're talking about um, things that are just outdated. 
So it's, it's so true. You know, it's, uh, it just reminds me of this study that was put out in 2011 uh, in the New England Journal of Medicine, and they followed over 120,000 people over 20 years. Um, and it was interesting is that the, they looked at what foods or what things, you know, habits people did, what did they do in their life that had that contributed to them gaining weight or losing weight? And it's so interesting because the number one food that people ate, and this is over, this is even more powerful than what they did, but the number one food that people ate of the people that lost weight was they ate yogurt. And the number two food was were nuts. And nuts are extremely caloric, you know, yet the people that were eating nuts and eating yogurt were the ones that were losing the most weight. And so when people are like, oh, I'm trying to count my calories and I don't want to have fat because they're so high in calories or, you know, they've been, they're still thinking that it's, they're, it's so bad for them. I bring that study up because that's, that's a lot of people that they followed over 20 years. That was, that was good research and very interesting. Yeah. You know, that's a good that's a good uh, tool to have in your tool belt. Let's just throw the calorie discussion away because that doesn't mean a lot. These people eating the nuts were getting more satiety. They were feeling full. They were feeling more satisfied. They were making choices of whole foods versus stuff empty stuff that wasn't filling them up anyway, right? I mean, there's so many reasons absolutely. and talking points. It is. It's very interesting. Yeah, but it's it's absolutely true. I mean, avocado is another perfect um, example. Mm-hmm. There are you know, monounsaturated fats and omega threes are so amazingly helpful. I mean, they just promote our health in such great ways. And in fact, if people really knew what they did for their body, they would be much more apt to eat, you know, these foods and nuts are full of monounsaturated fats. Avocados are full of monounsaturated fats. And those those fats are high in calories, yet they provide so much nutrition and to our body, but also help us lose weight. Yeah, so ironic. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it goes back to you can't perfect something that was already perfect and really back to basics, right? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Okay, so we talked a little bit about what people struggle with most, maybe some of that information. Are there other things that you people you think people struggle with most? And I know you've kind of created a little bit of a solution as you saw these things. Tell us a little bit more about all of that. Well, um, I was working with so many people and doing a lot of speaking, and I just wanted to really narrow down on what the most important things um, that people needed to do work. Like, what do they really need to do? Cause there's so many things we can do and there's so much nutrition information out there. It's like, it's almost like, you know, the deer with the headlights, it was just too much. And so people were just not doing anything. And so my, my goal was to really just dig in the research and figure out what was the most important. And I came up with the 12 most important things you can do for your health and weight. And I, I really believe in them, especially because as I put these together a couple of years ago, the new, the research that continues to come out supports them even more, and they support each other. It's almost like we're getting closer and closer to truth, because they all just fit together. All 
12 of these fixes fit together like pieces of a puzzle. And that's really exciting. They support each other. Um, for instance, you know, we need to have a certain amount of protein in the morning to help us stave away the cravings in the late afternoon and evening. And it's not just because it's more satisfying, but it actually, a certain amount of protein in the morning actually deactivates the pleasure-seeking part of our brain. And so there's all sorts of entities to it. But then that supports, you know, another fix of we want to try to eat more during the day and less at night so that we can, you know, burn more fat while we're sleeping. So that goes, so they, they all fit together and that's, that's exciting, but it really helped my clients and all the different people I would be speaking to. It would be hundreds of people at a time, um, helping them to know what really is the most important thing they can do, because there's lots of things we can do for our health, but we're busy. We have crazy lives and we really want to figure out how to narrow down to the most important things that will really help us the most. Sure. One of my favorite things that I've ever heard someone say is that we can agree on 80% of things related to diet and health. It's the other 20% that everyone gets really up in arms about. It's the nuances that we can fight about all day long, right? And so if we just focus on what's common and what the com I mean, the, the thing I don't want to allow to fall through the cracks is that everything is individualized, right? I mean, so it's an experiment. Oh. You, you, you do some trial and error, you find what works for you and what doesn't. But at the end of the day, there are common denominators to high quality things. You know, so if you're on mm -hmm. the right track, you know, the common denominator is whole foods for sure. You know, there's multiple common denominators. So I agree that we don't have to get so people get lost in the bushes, the other 20% of the bushes, when the 80% is right on the path in mm. front of them. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I mean, I think you've stated that really well. So tell us a little bit more about some of the fixes. I know you said some of them are related to food and drink, but the more interesting thing is there, even though the book is called Lean Body, Smart Life, the smart life part is a big piece because I find, especially, and we're talking New Year's right now, so you know that resolutions are all over the media and people are talking about, you know, weight loss is a popular one, um, which we could go off on all kinds of tangents about what that really means. But basically you said that, you know, seven of the fixes are related to food and drink, but some of them are related to other pieces. And so, you know, tell us about how those other pieces of your life impact, you know, the, the psychosocial piece, the mental piece, you know, all the mindfulness and all of that and how that impacts all of this big picture. Well, two of the fixes have to do with how you eat, uh, one of them with when you eat, and two are not, not even food-related. One is sleep and one is moving. But, you know, even when we're, you know, struggling to, you know, try to eat healthy, it's our New Year's resolution, we really want to do this, even how you eat, even how you chew makes a difference if you do it most of the time for the rest of your life. So for instance, when you're chewing, you want to chew your food until it's liquid. We so often in our society, we will chew and then we swallow it. And pay attention the next time you eat at how quickly you swallow the food before you've actually chewed it completely until it's liquid. And that right there makes a much bigger difference than you would think. Now, we've always known that we're supposed to chew a lot. But in fact, it really does help your body 
produce the digestive juices that it needs. And there's all sorts of benefits, both physically and psychologically. The research shows that the more you chew, the more satisfied you actually are with your food. And so that's a fascinating subject. But even that, now that's just part of one of my fixes. But even doing that, um, you know, as you're as you're moving through your New Year's resolutions and your healthy choices, that can make a big difference. So if at one point you're at a at dinner and you say, well, we really want a dessert and you really want that dessert, you know, have get one dessert for the table, share it, have your couple of bites and and mindfully eat it so that you're really enjoying it, but you're chewing it completely. That way you're actually satisfied you're not just saying, oh, to heck with my New, Year, New Year's resolution and I'm going to just eat the whole dessert. You know, you get a little bit of both of the best of both worlds, really, because you get to have a little bit of a taste of that. You've eaten it well. Your body is able to access its nutrients better. And you have not just fallen off a diet or, you know, so to speak. So you can really feel good about that. And then, um, you know, just just keeping that in mind and having that mindset will help you continue to make healthy choices and that's what it's really all about it's about it's not about going on and off diets it's not about making new year's resolutions and sticking to them every you know year as january you know comes and goes it's about following these healthy choices most of the time not all of the time, but most of the time for the rest of your life. So you're not really getting off of anything because you're not you're not jumping on to anything. You're you're taking this. You're thinking of it in a different way, a more a more helpful way, really. So and a more enjoyable way. You can enjoy your food a lot more by having this mindset. Right. There's multiple um, thoughts I have there. So one, I was at a conference recently, and the instructor was actually. It told us we needed to go home and count how many times we chewed every bite of food, uh, you know, and so the next day we came back and he said, how many people chewed more than 10 times, you know, eight times, 15 times or whatever. Um, and so, like you said, it, there's a whole, there's a lot, you know, you do that one thing and there's multiple benefits, you know, you get more satiety, you get more digestive juices flowing. So you're going to have better digestion, possibly less bloating and just overall <laughs> digestion's a big deal. That's my, that's my area of interest. But one thing will in, give you multiple benefits. And that's one of my favorite things about nutrition when I'm working with clients is sometimes I'll give them a recommendation that'll build on another one. And I'll say, you know, the best part about this is we're going to do this, but it's going to impact you. It's going to support all these other things we're trying to accomplish. So it's like killing multiple birds with one stone. And that's the best, you know, we're not looking at it as a silo. Like if things aren't improving your area in multiple ways, improving your life in multiple ways, then, then you might want to reconsider you know, is that really helping or not? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because one of the, one of the uh, pieces that I find that people do a lot is that they're depending on like protein drinks. Mm -hmm. And it's been very interesting to, to your point that, you know, when I, uh, when I talk to them about that, and actually a lot of these studies have taught, have shown that you need to be chewing to deactivate this pleasure seeking part of the brain when you're eating this protein in the morning mm -hmm. that you can't just drink it. And so it can still give you, you know, protein through your day to help build your muscles. 
And that's important too. But when it comes to feeling satiated and um, satisfied and decreasing the cravings for foods that aren't as healthy, it you need to eat it, not drink it. And so I've had so many people, they'll say, okay, I'm getting the protein I need in the morning and through the day. And I'll, and they'll say, and that they'll say, oh, but it's not working. And I'll invariably every single time, it's very consistent. I'll find out that they actually are drinking, you know, these protein shakes. And sure enough, they come back and voila, it's like, oh, wow, I am so much more satisfied. I don't even want to make dinner. Oh, when I, when I skip that shake in the morning and I eat and I eat food. So, I mean, even it's, it's interesting, even, even eating a smoothie bowl as opposed to a smoothie makes a difference. Who would have thought? I mean, it's, it's fascinating. So you really can make a difference in all sorts of areas with, you know, one with certain changes. Yeah. They, they really do help in lots of different areas. I love that so much. Very good. So if someone was listening and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm the person who goes off every rabbit hole. Every time I see a headline on XYZ you know, <laughs> news website, I'm always chasing this new thing. I always feel like I'm either on a diet or off a diet. You know, what would you tell that person? If you're speaking to that person right now, what's the bottom line message that you'd like them to take away? Oh, <laughs> I speak to those people lots. And really, I just want to tell everyone the research is so much better than it used to be. And there's so much more of it that don't get discouraged, you know, with the, the history of, you know, oh, they said this was true and now we know it isn't. And they said this is true and now we know it isn't. We are getting closer to truth. And it's ironic that it's tied in with whole foods so much. But the fact is what we are. And so we can trust more and more the science. Whereas in the past, you know, honestly, that wasn't always true, even though we wanted it to believe that. And so I would say, you know, well, you know, find out what my 12 fixes are in my book, Lean Body Smart Life. But more than that, you know, figure out these common threads that you're hearing more of. And it might, it's, going to be invariably related to gut health, which is becoming wonderful science. You know, seven, eight years ago, they didn't have the technology to even really research our gut health like they do today. So the information that's coming out about that is amazing. And so those types of, of that type of information or that advice that you're hearing more and more repetitively, there's probably more and more truth to it. So if you see something that's far off of, of that, you know, I would be waiting for a little bit more information and, and if, see if you hear it in other, you know, in other places and other ways before you, you know, take off and go with that particular piece. You know, there's a lot of truth out there and there's a lot of, I mean, it's just that sometimes it's taken out of context or you don't see it in the whole picture or it's just not as helpful as maybe other Thing, other habits you could obtain are. So it's not that every that things aren't true. It's just that are they the most important thing for you to do to help kill, you know, lots of multiple problems with one stone, for instance. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of noise in nutrition. Mm-hmm. Focus mm-hmm. on what's most important. 
run with that, right? Know better and do better. There, there really is. I mean, some of the, some of my fixes are, are sort of surprising, but we're hearing more and more research supporting them. Um, so they're not that surprising anymore, but the fact that we're, the research is supporting them more and more, it, it says, you know, is something that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of it is related to gut health. All of my fixes have some piece to the gut health just by chance. I didn't, I didn't intend for it to be that way. Mm-hmm. And they all have a cognitive piece. There, there's something to these healthy choices and these 12 fixes that actually help us think better and help our brain, you know, our brain health. So that's, that's very interesting too. I mean, I, I didn't intend for them to support each other so much. Just, I just picked out what things the you know, what pieces, what habits the research showed were becoming more and more effective and sure enough, I really do believe we're getting closer and closer to the truth. Yeah, the common denominators, right? And you're speaking my language, mm-hmm. talking about gut health related to cognition and kind of our overall inflammatory state and our stressed state. So oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Those are definitely the big pieces. And before mm-hmm. we got going, you said something that really resonated a lot with me about how you would recommend someone go through trying to unravel Um, some of the issues that they work on. So you find what's on fire first, right? You find, you know, where are you bleeding from? Stop that before trying to do everything else at the same time, right? Like you don't have to be an octopus focus on one area, I think was was something you were trying to say, I'll let you elaborate a little bit more. Well, the way I have it set up in my book, and that I found to be the most effective way to go about, you know, adopting new habits that are more helpful to your diet or these 12 fixes that I have in my book is that you take, you choose the one that is the most helpful to you. And I, we actually have an app coming out that actually helps you do that. But, but once you, you take that fix, you take one fix, I call them or one change and you concentrate on that change for at least a week. And then you would add another fix or change and you would concentrate on that one, but you're adding it. So in the case of my fixes, after 12 weeks, you would have experienced all 12 fixes. And then you can really kind of hone in on which ones did you have trouble with? Because some are actually quite easy. There's a lot of helpful habits that you can make that, that aren't that hard. You just need to know, oh, wow, this is, this is really effective. You know, who knew, for instance, who knew that um, when our fat cells are swollen with water, that they they burn fat more efficiently. Okay, knowing that information, it's a little easier for me to have water within reach, you know, 24-7. And so that one's one that could be very easy for someone. But there are some that are more difficult. So then you would take those and you would just always concentrate on one change or habit or fix that you want to make and concentrate that on that until you get it to where you're doing it most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time. And that's when you can shift to another one. So it's really important to always take your, you know, your new goals and really sift it down to one more narrow, you know, habit or change and just concentrate on that. Doesn't mean you can't do other helpful 
habits or fixes at the same time, but there's always one that you're just concentrating on. Because if you do too many at once, it's just too hard to really make any of them true habits. Oh man, you could apply that to almost any walk of life, right? The analogy is if you're trying to move 10 balls down a football field, how inefficiently are you moving them from just moving one down? And another fun thing for the new year is picking one word, right? And so, and I'm only bringing this up because it really echoes what you just said. My word for 2017, which is on a bulletin board behind me, which is coming down, we're going to get a new one, was focus. And I've written, I wrote a few things right underneath of it. But it's hilarious how we need to remind ourselves of what we're focusing on regularly and stay very in tune because I had to laugh at myself. I'd look behind me and sometimes I would see that my little sign, it was an empty bulletin board with just the word focus on it. And throughout the year, things kept covering it, <laughs> you know, and I just thought it was so symbolic of how life is, right? If we're, we're covering up what the really big piece is with, with other distractions. And so we do constantly remind ourselves. So I'm excited about your app coming out. That'll be a great tool because we always need quick on the go tools. Right. So well, and plenty of the apps. So many of the apps counted calories that I needed to do one that was working with the twelve fixes that were in my book. So right, because we're going to throw out calories. <laughs> so where can people find and connect with you and pick up this book? Well, they can go to leanbodysmartlife.com or my website foodswithjudes.com, and they can order it. And it comes in a digital version. And a, a soft cover version. It'll have an app to go with it soon. We're just about to start the beta version of that and testing it. But it also, what's great about it is it has 36 videos in it. So um, just, you know, there's a video for each fix, just a quick, you know, one minute video. And then there's just some quick videos to show you how to implement those fixes and make a few things. And I even have a fitness expert doing the fitness fix and she's got her videos in there as well but they all we all you know there's the same philosophy for so philosophy for all of them and that is just what your your word was for last year you know really focusing in on that and not focusing on too many things but and also just remembering you don't have to do everything a hundred percent of the time you know, I think that's really important for people to feel like they're not failing on a diet mm -hmm. that, you know, that have, you know, anything you do that's good is a pat on the back. And that might be having one or two bites of something and not finishing it. That, and you know, that's really an achievement. And I guess it's almost so easy or so small that people don't realize how powerful it is if you're doing that, you know, most of the time for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you gave us a lot of great things to chew on, pun intended there, for 2018 coming into the new year and helping people realize that uh, you can make this simpler, you can make it less stressful, um, and you can do it. Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us today on The Less Stressed Life and providing um, just a little bit of your knowledge for our listeners. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Krista. Thanks. 